Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Happy belated birthday, Llewellyn! Woo, 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 woo. Thanks. Um, did you do anything special for your birthday? Uh, nope, it was on a weekday, so I worked, then I worked out, okay. and that's about it. Awesome. You know, when you get in your 30s, it just starts to kind of... It's just another day. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Speaking of just another day, happy Thanksgiving, everybody in the United States and anybody else who celebrates Thanksgiving on this day specifically. It is releasing on Thanksgiving, so hopefully you all are hanging out with your friends and family and not listening to us in real time. But for those of you that maybe don't have family around, aren't able to make it a to a Thanksgiving holiday, or it's just another day from you for you in other countries, thank you for spending your day with us. I will be having Friendsgiving. All of my friends will be in town this time of year. Uh, we usually, I have done Friendsgiving the last couple of years, and it has been my favorite, my favorite thing. I prefer Friendsgiving over anything else ever, always, and forever, because <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, yeah, and I have to go digging for my mom's eggnog recipe, so we'll see how Yum. that goes. Uh, yeah, I don't actually like eggnog, but I guess all of my friends do. Okay. And so I was like, well, what a great way to the season of honor giving. my mom. Way to give them. And her memory. Yeah. yeah. And bring eggnog for them to drink. I mean, the guys like adding like bourbon to it or whatever you add to brandy. Don't you add like brandy or bourbon to eggnog and it makes sure. like a, it's like a cocktail thing. I don't know. It's because I don't drink eggnog or bourbon or brandy. So. Yep. <laughs> so I have zero clue. It's a moo point. It, it's a moo point. <laughs> it's a moo point. Which is a great way to transition us into this episode. So why don't you go ahead and lead us in, and then I'll start the recap. Yeah. Or not the recap, the talking points. Yes. So this week we yes. watched Season 7, Episode 12, titled The One Where They're, all, where they're Up All Night. That was a mouthful. Which, origi- well, wow. Which originally aired on January 11th, 2001. Written by Zachary Rosenblatt. Directed by Kevin S. Bright. Rachel and Tag's first night together is put on hold when they realize they forgot to overnight an important package, and Ross Ross and Joey are stuck on the roof, and Phoebe can't disable a relentlessly beeping smoke alarm. Okay, so because we have a lot of different scenes here, everyone is sort of featured in their own way. There really is no A, B, and C storyline. There are just three storylines that seem very similar. Um, Everyone's staying up all night and there are reasons why for every single member of the group. So we'll be flashing from one scene to another. Some of them are pretty quick. So it's going to feel like we're bouncing around a lot because we are. So (laughs) we start off though with all of them on the roof together. All of the friends are up there and Tag has reappeared. I did the showrunner forget that they were in a relationship and was like, oops, we might want to get him back in there because I forgot all about him. Was it that or was it our long break in watching the show? You know, I was also wondering that as well, because (laughs) in my brain, I think, man, I don't think I've seen him in months. And that is 
true <laughs> because yeah. we didn't record for two months. And now I don't remember the last time in the show that we've seen him. Yeah, I'm looking at the... I'm trying to see like if the uh, show description say anything. Yeah, um, I don't really Okay, the one with the engagement picture is when Rachel talks okay. about getting closer to him. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, Tag shows up at the Thanksgiving dinner. That was the one where Chandler doesn't like dogs, which was two episodes before the holiday armadillo. So, oh, so it's like a month. Oh wait, actually, ago. it's our fault because in the one right before the holiday armadillo, that's when Rachel and Tag set ground rules for their romance. Okay, so it's because so it has of been us. two months. <laughs> It's been two months for us, two episodes for everybody else. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I was thinking the showrunner was probably like, hey, we haven't seen Tag in a while. <laughs> but actually, that's not the case at all. So. It's just us. Well, I forgot all about him. I, As soon as I saw him on the roof, I was like, oh, yeah, Tag. What's up, bud? So the whole group is looking at the night sky for a comet. And Ross is trying to be all sciencey about it when the friends... They just want to see the pretty lights. They just want to see it streaking across the sky. They don't need all of the scientifically accurate names. They don't need the history of it. They they were about to get up and Ross had to kind of stop talking in order for them to stay. And at one point, Phoebe mistakes a plane for what they're looking for. And at the same time, Joey is using his binoculars for some scandalous sightseeing Yeah, <laughs> while he's waiting. Okay, so a couple of things. First off, the lights of the city would definitely prevent them from seeing any kind of stars. Totally. Light pollution, for sure. Yeah. New York is the... I mean, you couldn't... I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Not even possible. Um, also, another like factual error. Ross appears to be confusing comets and meteors. So bright comets Ooh. can often be visible in the sky for weeks, and their apparent movement is far too slow for the naked eye to discern. They do not actually streak across the sky like shooting stars, like people assume they do. Oh. You know, I would have never caught that. That is a great catch. Yeah. So well and good for you. And then one goof. Um, so we know that they're on the same building as they usually are when they're on the roof uh but mm -hmm. this roof is clearly smaller than the one that appeared in i think the first or second season the one with the ballroom dancing where joey and mr trigger are dancing on the roof oh really yeah so if you compare them side by side this this roof looks smaller than that one so i don't know if they probably oh. created a roof scene two different times gotcha okay which that backdrop they, was absolutely terrible. I wonder if when they went to recreate it, they kind of forgot the dimensions or something. Interesting. Could be. Or maybe there was a different, like, set that they used. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? Okay. Well, in the main part of the episode, we also begin on the roof. And this is where things start to slowly devolve into our different storylines. So they've been out there for two hours. Chandler is super chilly. Monica's wearing a normal blouse shirt and Raw or Chandler is is has the biggest coat on ever. And so the couple dips. 
Rachel uses that moment as the opportunity to mention that Tag and her are off to watch the movie that they rented, which Phoebe then uses as her own cover. And then we get the name of this comet, which I think he said earlier, but the Bapstein King Comet. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any like information about that comet? Is that real? I don't know, but I can look it up. Look it up while I talk about the rest of this scene. So Joey tries to get Ross to turn to the dark side and scope out, pun intended, LOL, scope, the two women. So Joey at first mentioned the one woman, and then he kind of wants to draw in Ross by saying, look at these two women with me. And as they look over, Ross discovers in Joey's hand is the pipe that was holding the door open to the roof from the apartment building. How David Schwimmer kept from laughing in that moment to me is a wonder because he looks at, at Matt LeBlanc essentially holding this pipe. What I think is, what I think is great is the fact that he doesn't even call out the fact that the pipe does not magnify for him to be able to see any better that far away. Right. (laughs) But Joey just wants to look at it like Ross would be looking at it through binoculars. So he uses this pipe to narrow his vision, I guess. But the fact that they don't even call that out is the most brilliant part. But the fact that David Schwimmer didn't laugh, I mean, I was rolling and just staring at him, waiting to see any sort of crinkle or collapse in in David Schwimmer's facial features (laughs) to prove to me that he was on the brink of breaking because he stared at Matt LeBlanc for so long as he was looking into the pipe. And then he finally, Joey goes, oh, yes, I do, because he does know where it was. And we find out that they are stuck because roofs like roof doors like that automatically lock. I don't know if they still do, but typically that is the case. Yeah. Um, that comment is not real. Okay. Everything that, that I shot that I saw, yeah. There there are shirts out there though that look like the Burger King logo with that name. <laughs> so if you're interested, they're out there. Which is so funny because Joey does mention the Burger King comment. Made. That's brilliant. I love yeah. that so much. Good um, for Friends fans. Yeah. So there's two goofs, like, I guess, revealing mistakes. Um, uh-huh. When Rachel Tag and Phoebe exit the roof and they leave, they leave the door open behind them. But then a moment later when the camera cuts to Joey, the door is seen closed um, mm. because at some point yes. he grabbed the pipe or whatever. But in, like, if you look at the space between him and the door, there's, like, no way that he could have reached that pipe without... Yes. Like, it it just, like, didn't make sense. So it's obvious that they're two different shots. Yes. I noticed that as well. I was like, when did he go over and grab the pipe? Yeah. Yeah. And then another one is when Ross and Joey figure out that they are locked up on the roof and Ross goes to, like, pull the door. If you watch closely, you can see, like, the whole wall shake. So it's clearly a fake... (laughs) <laughs> like an entirely fake door or like wall. yeah <laughs> that's awesome okay so here is where we completely split up and there are different storylines that take us through the end of the episode so the first one we start off with is our favorite couple Chandler his mind is running around with random questions when he finds out he can't sleep 
Monica is very frustrated that she is trying to keep him awake, but he turns on the lights and he asks her where her book is that she's been reading because he says that every time he sees the cover, he wants to snooze. So he's essentially asking, where's that book so I can start reading because I want to be able to put myself to sleep. So he retreats to the living room to read. We cut there and meet up with Phoebe. While she tries to sleep, her smoke alarm starts to go off, which is obviously keeping her awake. She rips it off the wall, but those things are battery operated. So when she goes to retreat to her room, it obviously just keeps going because the battery comes with the device off of the wall. So it keeps sounding off. And then she tries even removing the battery, which somehow doesn't work as well. So we kind of see that there's going to be frustration on her end from this smoke detector. Can I just say that I loved her PJs? Yes, they look so I agree. cozy. Do you wear PJs like that? Do you wear um, like set PJs, like a, a PJ set? I don't currently own any, but I do really enjoy wearing them like i have had them in the past um okay the last pair i had was flannel so i don't need them down here um sure sure. (laughs) but there there's a pair at target i think that i keep wanting to buy i just keep putting it off um yeah but yeah i do enjoy wearing sets like that okay i have i think i've only maybe ever owned one set And I don't think I ever wore the two pieces at the same time together. I would wear maybe the top with sleep shorts or the pants with a tank top. I don't actually think I've ever properly used a sleep set. And so it's always made me wonder because sleep sets to me are such a weird, like you don't need it. It's kind of a want thing. But because I didn't grow up with them, it always makes me think, who are the type of people that wear sleep sets? And now you've answered my question. You like sleep sets. I do. I really Which do. I'm, especially the I'm ones glad that... to know about you. Especially the ones that have, like, pants and shorts, so you can, like, decide what you want to wear with it. Oh. Like a three. Three yeah. set set. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't always sleep that's, with That's pants. pretty smart. I'm not a big pants sleeper like i would rather sleep in shorts just because i get hot at night oh, okay <laughs> gotcha <laughs> okay you know what i mean yeah i was like wow you're getting really honest on this podcast <laughs> no, I wear shorts. This are. <laughs> um okay uh okay so we're gonna put a pin in that storyline we're gonna go back to the roof ross and joey are making themselves hoarse practically from yelling to get anyone's attention up there Joey is obnoxiously pounding on the door next to Ross's ear. And then Joey says, well, I guess we're going to have to resort to like our last option. And Ross's first option in kind of defeat of realizing they're not going to be able to use the door is just to yell at the top of his lungs for anyone to help him. And then Joey quickly points out, or we could just use the fire escape. And Ross had to sort of succeed or secede his point and say, well, I wasn't done. And then he yells to the people that he was trying to summon attention to from the bottom, that they are in fact going to use the fire escape. To I get love out. how Joey like came up with the actual plan. 
Yeah, typically that's a very... Yeah, it's a very Ross it, thing. You would think, yes, and Joey would be the one, but but it makes it so much more fun that Joey's the one to be the, the person of reason. I always love seeing yeah. the moments that the writers choose to make Joey the smart one or the one who's got it figured out because it just gives me a little bit of joy knowing that he's not always the dumb one. Yeah, for sure. Because I think if you make only a dumb character, it makes him very one-dimensional. You don't see any growth. You don't have moments of, like, endearment. Things like that. I love it. Speaking of Joey... No. Never mind. I was skipping ahead a a scene. We go to the couple's apartment. (laughs) I was going to try and make a a transition to Joey's apartment with Rachel. (laughs) And then I realized... I went too far. So the couple's apartment. Chandler is out in the living room. He is wanted to attempt to make himself some warm milk to put himself to sleep. And in the process, he wakes up Monica because a bunch of pans come falling out of the cabinet and rattling. Because he pulls the one from the bottom of the whole stack. (laughs) I know. An idiot. I know. Which is what? The walk? The biggest one is the walk, isn't it? No, he pulled the one underneath the walk, but he, like, pulled it out from underneath it, so then everything on top of it fell. Crumbled under. Okay, yeah. I get it. So, of course, that makes up, wakes up Monica. So, she is awake now. She comes into the living room, into the kitchen with him, and she says that she'll make him the milk, the warm milk. And he says, hey, let's use this as an opportunity to practically relive the glory days of dating. Like, we get to talk all night. But then the first option of topic is he spoils the book that she was reading. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he says, so what did you think when the second sister died? And she's like, the second sister died? And he says, no. <laughs> it was in the book I was reading. And then the book is, what, an Archie comic, essentially? It's Yeah, it's where... called Archie and Jughead. Okay, which, fun fact, that is what the show Riverdale comes from is the Archie comics. Yes, I was going to say that oh, okay. uh, Cole Sprouse, who plays Ross's son, yes! Ben, eventually went on to star in Riverdale as Jughead. Perfect. I got through about two seasons and I've then I never watched it. Anymore. I've heard it's good, but it, then it just kind of takes a turn. Yeah, I think the season three that I never got into is when the mystical stuff starts happening and I never got to that point. Got it. Like none of the trailers enticed me. And once I stopped, I, even though they kept promoting, I just, maybe one day I'll watch it. The more, since it's done, I kind of want to, now that I don't have to wait for episodes to come out every year. Cause I was watching it in real time when it came out, I would watch it on the CW on their website because they'd put up the episode like a week later. So I was a week behind everybody else who's watching it live. But you also had to wait for a year for every first new season to come out like you would on live TV. So the. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he spoils the book for Monica, which makes her really upset. And then we head across the hallway to Joey's apartment. Rachel and Tag are about to move on to the bedroom when Rachel switches into work mode about contracts that needed to be sent out. And he does not know what she is talking about. And at first, in this moment, I was asking myself, why 
I couldn't remember where the storyline went for them. And so before the second part of this scene was revealed, I was starting to ask myself, why wouldn't she have noticed when Joey never came back? But then the rest of the scene unfolds. And because they're bantering back and forth about, no, I put them on your desk that said these have to go out today. And he says, I promise you, if we went to the office right now, you wouldn't see them on my desk. They're not there. I don't know what you're talking about. And then they sort of egg each other on. She's like, no, I'm not going to go to the office. And he says, I wouldn't want to be proven wrong either, which obviously are fighting words. So they decide to go to the office because they both can't stand the idea of being wrong. It's a challenge. They they have to figure out who was right and who was wrong because they are both so adamant about their own stance. Yeah. Um, The Magna Doodle was a coffee cup. It's clear as day. Oh, cute. I like that. Back on the roof, they... Well, fire sort escape. of the roof. It's the fire escape. They the, get back. They get to the last section and the ladder, the final ladder won't detract, retract, detract. Sure. It won't it won't go down. <laughs> so <laughs> Ross devises a plan for Joey to jump and then tells him that then you're going to come up to the roof and come let me in. So while Joey's risking his life for the jump, Ross is going to be climbing back up the stairs to the fire escape to go wait at the roof store. And Joey is not having it. So they're sort of trying to devise a plan together to get down. Now we catch back up with Phoebe and she is kind of MacGyvering the smoke alarm, trying to dismantle it so she can go to bed After she starts talking about connecting wires, this wire goes here. She then takes out a shoe and just smacks it real hard with the boot. And then she thinks that she's won because there's a temporary reprieve from the noise. And then the un... What? Always temporary. Always temporary. Because then she's met with an unending noise that drowns out everything. It just continues on. There's no beeps anymore. It is a singular line of sound that comes out of this smoke alarm. Which, of course, has her super frustrated. Back over at the couple's place, Monica comes in with Chandler's milk to find him asleep. So she purposefully slams the door to wake him back up, because if she's going to be up, he's going to be up. And... No one is getting any sleep tonight. No. It was a really short scene. Yeah. So we meet up with Rachel and Tag as they get to their workplace. And Tag confirms that they aren't at his desk. She goes to her desk and finds the contracts. She was wrong. And she can't even admit it. And the pride irks me in this scene just go out apologize say you were wrong and go back home (laughs) yeah so agree this is the dumbest argument and it ends up slapping her in the face in a minute anyways when we see the resolution of this storyline to where she she was in the wrong at the beginning all she was doing was delaying her own defeat and her pride kept her for from just admitting she was wrong So we continue in this same scene after a supposed commercial break. And she seems to kind of relent a little bit and be a little kinder about it. She's like, maybe you left it in the copy room. And 
He said, why would I leave it there? And she says, I don't know. Just go look. So she makes him leave his desk to look so that she can put the contracts in his desk while he is away. So shady, Rachel. So shady. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool, girl. Not cool. So we come to a lot. I mean, the final, the next couple of scenes are very quick. Back to back to back. So we meet back up with Monica and Chandler. They're both laying in bed wide awake and Monica insinuates some sexy time. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go back to the stairwell, the fire escape. Ross is checking the house of the window that they are right outside of. And he suggests breaking in and then just going through it and then going home. But when they knock, a dog barks aggressively Ross once again tries to tell Joey, well, once you're in there, because he continues to lay out Joey as the sacrificial lamb of their escape. And of course, Joey is not having it again. So they're still trying to figure out their escape route. We go back over with Phoebe. Phoebe wraps the smoke alarm in a blanket and throws it down the trash chute. She said, this is where we part. This is where we part ways. (laughs) Could you imagine having an apartment next to... I, I was going to say that earlier. Like The trash chute? She in an apartment. And yeah. that noise would pierce any wall. I don't care yes. how soundproof that yes. wall is. Yes. It's so true. If if a fire... If a smoke alarm goes off in a house... Even a townhouse, a condo... You're hearing it in the other places. Yeah. You're not keeping that to yourself. No. No. Um, okay, back to the couple. Monica and Chandler get back up because Monica fell asleep while they were having sex, which makes Chandler understandably a little (laughs) frustrated. She is, she's so tired. She, they try to, she tries to pretend like she's going to rally with him, but then he realizes how tired she is. So he says he's going to get up to go make her coffee And when he kind of realizes the depths of her tiredness, he says he'll probably spill coffee beans all over the kitchen floor. And then she says, I'm up, I'm up, (laughs) and immediately gets out of bed and follows him out of the room. I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. So we go back to the workplace. Rachel brings Tag some coffee and is expecting him to find the papers in his desk. But when he says they aren't there... She makes him check again and check every drawer. So the first one, she immediately, she knows they're not in there. So she just says, well, they're not in there. And then she closes it. And then she opens, he opens the bottom drawer and they're not there. Honestly, I love tag for this. uh, Same, uh, same Llewellyn. I was so, I was like, yeah, Rachel, you deserved, you deserved every bit of what you got in this scene. Yep. I know people don't like tag, but this scene will go down in the history of the top moments of tag for me. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. So she bends over because she knows what she did. And at this moment, she now knows what he did because they're not there. So he says, maybe you should go back in your office and look again. (laughs) So she 
turns around, goes back into her office, and what do you know, the contracts are on top of her desk at the top of the pile. She is... (laughs) Basically where they were before she tried to set him up. Exactly. Understandably, she's like, get in my office. She says, can I see you in my office real quick? So he comes in and he says, you found them! Because she's holding them up. And she can't even get... She... She just, she spills the beans on herself because she knew their exact location. She's like, oh, okay, so they just walked out of your bottom drawer across the hall and up into my desk. And he's like, how did you know they were in my bottom drawer? (laughs) And so she's obviously wrong. He calls her out. And then once more, Rachel Red Flag, she tries to distract him with sexual innuendos and a sexual advance. Yeah. Which... Not cool, Rachel. Not for cool. me, was like for me was such a weird, not a weird way to end this scene, but it was so anticlimactic. Like, girl, just admit you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go back to your apartment and have sex. Like, just admit you were wrong. <laughs> it bothered me so much. So, one of the one of the little bit longer of a scene that we have here too with Phoebe, probably the longest one we've had up to this point. Point. Phoebe wakes up to a knock on her door, and. A loud noise, a loud, long, singular note that we are all too familiar with. And a guy answering her questions outside of the door because she thinks this smoke alarm has come back to haunt me. And now he's answering me with words. But she opens the door and we find a very sexy fireman on the other side of the door returning her alarm to her. She says, how do you know that that's mine? And he says... Well, maybe the next time you throw out your fire alarm or smoke alarm, you don't put Phoebe Buffet, property of Phoebe Buffet, not Monica, on the bottom. So she completely incriminated herself with her blanket. Then he says it's against the law to detach the smoke alarm. And he also gives her the answer to how to disarm it. The reset button. She's so grateful because she says, please help me figure out a way so that this doesn't keep going off. Easy answer. She says goodbye, goes back into her living room. And then she goes to look for the reset button and she finds it on the floor left over from when she smashed it. Obviously, it's no longer attached to the de- to the device, which means that she's not able to use the button for its intended purpose, leaving her with a smoke alarm that will not turn off. OK, did, um, did, what? did you recognize this fireman? You know where he's from? Oh, yeah. He's from Grey's Anatomy. Yes, he is. He's the first Grey's Anatomy character to show up on this show. Oh. Melissa George and Ellen Pompeo eventually appear later in the series. But even like even more of a fun fact, yes, he's on Grey's Anatomy as a doctor and an anesthesiologist, but he then goes on to the spinoff Station 19 and is a firefighter. So it's funny that he was a firefighter here. Yes. Great Thank you for elaborating on him, because I saw him and I thought, oof, there he is. Yeah. Um, Love him. And then a factual error. I am pretty sure it's not illegal or, like, against the law to disconnect a smoke detector in your house. It probably, it, I mean, it might be in an apartment, because it's probably part of your lease to, like, have it functioning, but it is yeah, definitely, like, yours highly discouraged. a bunch of other people's homes. Right. And also, I find it 
even like weirder that hers would be going out seeing how her apartment literally just got redone for having a fire yes so like that's also kind of just a a goof on them like it, that shouldn't have been the thing that was going off yeah that's a that's a good point it could have been they could have redone it with Joey's apartment or something yeah. having the smoke alarm go off or even Rachel and Mon- or Monica and Chandler's apartment but you're right it would be brand new because everything had to be replaced right it's a good call so the last of the main part of the episode we're back on the fire escape and we see the result of their devised plan start to work out here Joey is hanging from the last rung of the ladder. He's partway down and Ross starts to climb down his body in order to make up some of the distance between them and the ground. They were trying to shorten it in order for the fall not to be so harsh. They ask questions back and forth. Do we go face to face or back to face, you know, back butt to front or whatever and at first they said face to face for sure and then when ross's crotch is right in joey's face he says i don't think we thought this through when we said face to face yeah i don't know how they didn't laugh during the scene because that's so funny now ross climbs down his body until he's essentially hugging his chest and Ross is hesitant but Joey is hanging on by a thread here so he kind of tries to hurry him up Ross climbs a little bit farther of a way down to where now they're crotched to face again and (laughs) Joey says something along the lines of I don't want to alarm you but my pants are falling down and I don't have any underwear on (laughs) So Ross, of course, terrified that he's going to really get a crotch to face situation. He just lets go of Joey's legs and drops down to the ground. He hurts his ankles. We can hear. He also finds the quarter that they previously threw in order to say heads or tails. And that is the end of the scene with Joey just still hanging there. And we don't ever see the conclusion of how they got down whether joey jumped and ross kind of caught him whether he pulled himself back up and went to the roof we don't know how this ends for them no but that is the end of the main part of the episode any details nope that we that you missed that you wanted to say no i think we covered everything okay So then the tag hits. Chandler and Monica are coming down from their escapades. He mentions that he's only got two hours left until he calls in sick to work. (laughs) And then she says, I have seven minutes left. And he says, well, you know, if you've got seven minutes. And she's like, really? And he says, yeah. And then she absolutely takes this opportunity to say, we're going to clean the house. So she says something along the lines of I'll get the bucket, you get the spray or whatever it is, whatever combination of cleaning supplies it is. But essentially very disappointing for Chandler, not the seven in minute, seven minutes in heaven that he was expecting. <laughs> Probably more like seven minutes in hell for him. Yeah. Uh, even though it would be seven minutes in heaven for her, for sure. So that is how we finish off the episode. What was your favorite scene? 
You know, I think I'm. this might be the only one he ever gets, so I think I'm going to give it to Tag for sticking it to Rachel. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you completely, because you're right. This is the only time we'll ever put Tag in such a good light. Yeah, so you're welcome, buddy. And he did well. I was so proud of him for... She couldn't say anything without incriminating herself. Yeah. And whether he knew... Whether he knew or not, which I think he did know, because I I think he did search his desk and knew that it wasn't in that drawer. And then when he searched again, he found it. I think he knew what she was doing, which is why when he Mm -hmm. put it in her office, he made it so blatantly obvious. It was right on top in the middle of her desk. Yeah. But even if he didn't know, I think it was... I think it was really funny. I I choose to believe he did now, though. So completely agree with you. How would you rate the episode? Um, I think I'm going to give this one an oh, my God. Just because. Yeah. I mean, that's that was there were good moments, but I don't particularly love episodes that jump all over the place. Okay. And there really wasn't like it wasn't. I mean, the friends were all together in one scene and the rest of it was just like them individually or them with one person. And so it just felt very just everywhere. And I don't always love it when that happens. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I'm going to go higher than that because I thought all of the storylines with how divided they were, were pretty solid. I loved watching Phoebe struggle. Chandler and Monica struggling was funny. Tag was brilliant. Ross and Joey, funny. I mean, we followed four four different storylines, which is quite a bit for a 24-minute episode. And I wasn't bored. I don't prefer that style of shooting, like you said, to have a bunch of different. But I thought all the storylines were actually pretty good. So I'm going to give it a how you doing. I think it was just above average. Um, I thought it was pretty good. So I'm going to stick with that. So I we're going to go to post-show wrap-up. And... I am just going to say that we had a had a couple people just reach out to say hi. Um, Fareed mentioned that he just finished the latest episode of the podcast. And he said, you can't imagine how good I've been feeling since I heard my name. I just want to thank you again for your warm and charming podcast. And hey, happy birthday to Llewellyn. Hope she lives a life without regrets. Thanks, Fareed. Appreciate it. That was very kind. I found out that one of our winners that I still haven't mailed these things to. (laughs) One of our winners. I know I'm the worst. One of our winners lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, which I was so excited about. You know, I, I said, saw that. I was like, oh, that's exciting. I know. I was like, you live in Tennessee, too? So cool. And Knoxville, for those of you that don't know, Tennessee is a is a not a tall state, but it's a very long state from east to west. It is it's a several several hours of a trip. North to south, not so much, but we live about two and a half hours from Knoxville, which for me is a pretty decent uh, distance. Um, Yeah, so 
yeah that's it's I guess that's kind of all I've got um yeah all right social media spotlight over thanks thanks guys for messaging us I'll continue to try and respond in real time recommend to a friend Llewellyn are you gonna delay or are you gonna give us something this week I'm gonna give you one (laughs) um follow up to last week I made a dairy-free cheesecake yes so i figured yeah i figured while it was still in my brain i should probably and still in my fridge i should probably talk about it um well by the time this episode comes out it won't be in my fridge anymore but (laughs) nom 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 (laughs) (laughs) exactly um (laughs) but i will we'll link the recipe i used um obviously it's a recipe i found online so be it as you may i guess like i personally really enjoyed it um for somebody who loves cheesecake mind you i've been dairy free for i'm trying to think how old my nephew is he's seven so it's been yeah dang seven-ish years um i can't believe we've known each other for that long it's been a long time man each other longer than that technically um well sure but it's almost been 10 years since I met you. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Time That's flies. Insane. Man. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so I've been dairy free for a long time. So like I haven't had like real cream cheese or like the taste of cheese in general. I've had it like here and there as random things or whatever. But I honestly don't like the taste of real cheese now. So um, I've just gotten used to like the fake stuff or the stuff that's made from you know, plant-based things. So it, when I tasted this, it tasted like normal cheesecake to me, but I also had my mom and my aunt and uncle try it. And they all said that it just tasted gritty and they're like, it wasn't good, but it just has like a gritty taste, which I've heard from people that eat dairy that try something dairy-free. So it, if you're not dairy-free, I don't, I don't really recommend it. Um, but you can just sub out dairy-free cream cheese for regular cream cheese and make the same thing um but it was really simple I think it's like six ingredients and you literally like whip it all together stick it in a pie crust you can make yourself or I just bought a graham cracker crust that I found in the store and then stick it in the fridge for like eight hours and it came out my biggest thing was I wasn't sure if the consistency was going to turn out um Mm. And I also skipped a step. You're supposed to cook it first. You cook it like for like 40 minutes and then stick it in the fridge. Um, and I wasn't sure it was going to stick together. That was my biggest thing. But it, it stuck together so well, like even cutting into it and like pulling it out, nothing fell apart. Like it's perfectly wow. stuck together. And I was shocked. So it was very good. Um, for me, it was too sweet. I like I'm going to eat it because I made it and it wasn't cheap. But <laughs> sure. I think the next time I make it, I'm going to try to find out how I can make it with less sugar, um, just because there was a lot of sugar in it, and I'm not super into sugar much anymore these days, so I'm going to figure out a different way to substitute or whatever to make it less sweet, but um, my mom and my aunt and uncle all said that it sounded, it tasted fine. They were like, we don't think it was that sweet, so I guess depends on what you like, but uh, we will link the recipe if you want to look at that. This one is made... Because I know there's a lot of recipes out there that have like tofu as um, part of the recipe. This one is made without tofu because I know not a lot of people like that. So, 
yeah, if you're craving cheesecake like I was after listening to that last episode and you don't eat dairy or you do eat dairy, here's a very simple recipe to make it. Um, took me 10 minutes to put everything together and then you just had to wait forever for it to cool and harden, but it was very good. Very nice. I think I deleted all of the the one that I've done so far, but the thing that I'm going to recommend today is something that we had purchased for our reading weekend. So the book that we were reading has, well, okay, you guys know because I've been nonstop talking about it for two months, is Iron Flame, which has dragons. And part of the first book is an event in the book called Threshing, which is where you bond with a dragon as a rider. It's a whole thing. So as part of one of our events for our reading weekend, we did our own sort of version of Threshing, where we bonded with a dragon, where it was really a dragon stuffed animal. And when they The reason I had picked this specific brand was because it was the only brand that had the same dragon in different colors because I wanted all four of us to be able to have the same quality, the same the same thing, but just noted differently by their color. Whereas every other thing that I could see that was available were different brands, different sizes, some were more expensive, some were different qualities and you never quite knew what you were getting but this was the only one where I knew across the board they're all going to be the exact same thing it's just the colors that are going to change so bought them when they came in these are the bougiest boutique little stuffed animals and I am obsessed with it they are such great quality that I never thought that I would be recommending a stuffed animal on this podcast They came in three different sizes. We got the ones that were medium, but the brand that I want to recommend because they have a bunch of different types of, it's not just dragons. They have all kinds of different animals and shapes and things that go with it. So I want to recommend to a friend the brand Jelly Cat. Again, they're going to be more expensive than a typical teddy bear that you'll find at a general store or whatever your super Walmarts and Costco's or wherever you buy. I don't know where people buy stuffed animals anymore, but Jelly Cat is a fabulous brand. The quality is honestly exceptional. I'm obsessed with my dragon and I will definitely be getting if and when I have kids in the future, if I go to buy them stuffed animals, they're probably going to be this brand. They're so soft. They're a little weighted, but not too much. They've got little beans just in kind of the thickest part of them, but not everywhere. So it makes it very soft and plush while also giving them a little bit of substance. And even the quality of the wings and the dragon ears and the scales down there, down its spine is good quality and the tail It's just so perfect. I love it so much. So if you're looking for stuffed animals to give as gifts, if you're also looking to bond yourself to a dragon because you love Iron Flame and want to do your own threshing, highly recommend Jelly Cat Dragon to a friend. Link in our show notes, as always. So next week, we are going to cover the one where Rosita dies. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys next week on the One Friends Podcast. 